This is Love Marriage Again with Dr. Siobhan, the place where wives are empowered to embrace their marriage and feel completely in love with their husbands again. If you are a wife looking to create a happier marriage by transforming yourself, you've come to the right place. Here you will be inspired to fully accept your husband, be in control of your own happiness, and create a marriage that truly lights you up inside. Now, let's get to the work of loving your marriage again. Well, hello there. It is Dr. Siobhan here. I am delighted to be back with you for another podcast episode. I hope that you are doing well in this fall season. If you're listening to the podcast during this time that it's released or this time of year, we went to our second fall festival with some friends this time. And it was so fun. (laughs) It's so fun for me personally to do things with other people. I love spending the time with just my nuclear in-home family and also love connecting with other families. So a couple of friends from my daughter's school, we all got together and spent the day out in the very, very brisk and moments of rain, looking at pumpkins and apples and all things fall. So by the time this episode comes out, I will have completed the Better Together Couples event. So I will definitely be back to share all of the goodness and amazing things that happened at that event. And we'll look forward to hearing your thoughts about it as well. But today I thought I would tackle a conversation with you that has been in my brain, percolating, growing, evolving, shifting, changing for many, many, many years, literally since I started my coaching practice, which was over seven years ago, and really thinking about what is the difference between coaching and therapy and counseling and all the other things that people can do to access help for their lives and access help for their marriage. And so today I am going to share with you my current experience, my current thinking, and the things my clients currently come to me expressing and sharing about what is it like for them to have participated in therapy and then come to know and understand coaching at a deeper level. I want to be really clear that this conversation is not an us versus them. I think therapy and counseling is an amazing service. I am the beneficiary of both of those things at various points throughout my life. And so they absolutely 100% have a place. I also just want to sort of open the door and share with you 
what coaching is as well. It is, I would say, in the grand scheme of a helping profession, it is a newer profession that many times when I get on the phone with clients, they do ask, like, what's the difference between coaching and therapy? And why is your program this way as opposed to what they might have been used to with therapy? Okay. I also want to be really clear that with every profession, there is a range of what people do and offer, right? This is not a franchise where you only do it this way and this is the recipe and you sort of bang it out every day for millions of people. Anytime you are engaging with another individual who is providing a service to you, in the form of therapy, counseling, coaching, there will be variation. And so there are amazing coaches and there are coaches who are still developing their coaching skills. There are amazing therapists and amazing counselors and also therapists and counselors who are honing their craft and learning to really apply the principles of their practice and remove themselves from, you know, being biased or imposing their opinions, right? So I want to be clear that this is not like categorically how it is in the world. Every person you will encounter is different. So as we have this conversation today, again, I am just going to be sharing from my own experience, what I hear from my clients and what I know about the fields. This is actually a place where I spent a bit of time really educating myself about before I even officially started my coaching practice because I wanted to be clear. I am a person who was never afraid of getting education and training. And so I really wanted to see like in order to do and help in the way that I want to help in the world, should I go back to school and get a counseling degree? Should I go back to school and get an additional certification and therapy? And where I landed was that coaching was really what I wanted to do. And that's the path that I went down. Okay. So these are in no particular order. But I just want to share with you some of the things that came to mind, right? So when I experience therapy, both individual therapy and even couples therapy, and when my clients experience it and come to me, and even talking to, um, I have a very good friend who was trained as a marriage therapist, what was clear and sort of common across these three buckets was that therapy many times is a wonderful, beautiful place to voice your concerns and have those concerns heard and even moderated by the therapist, right? So if you're going as a couple, that looks like you're sharing what is bothering you, what is hard for you, what's difficult for you, what you want to be different And the therapist is there to help you be heard, to help moderate the conversation so that your partner understands, you get your voice out there, and the message is communicated. In coaching, there is a place for that too. So I want to be clear that yes, 
There is a lot of listening. There's a lot of understanding. There's a lot of positioning what you're offering in a way so that your partner can hear and understand it. But coaching, at least the way that I run my practice, helps you to have a different level of conversation. So I want you to imagine that there are levels to conversations that produce levels of results, right? And so when you're arguing about what's wrong, you're going to be really clear about what's wrong and your partner is going to understand what's wrong. But when you are communicating about what you would like and offering solutions, you're having a different conversation. And so as your coach, my job is to actually drive the car and drive the conversation, not to just let you go and have the same conversation that you might have at home, but I'm literally directing you and asking very pointed questions to move you forward. It is very common for me to interrupt my clients. This actually happened this past week, right? I was meeting with some clients and I was like, I'm going to stop both of you. We're not going to have the same conversation that you have at home. You're not paying for me to watch you have this conversation. My job is to drive the car in a different direction than what you would normally drive it in, right? And I said it with love, but they got it and they stopped and we had a different conversation and we reached a different um, result, outcome, conclusion at the end of that conversation, right? Other things I hear from clients who are in therapy or coaching is that they receive a lot of great strategies and new things to try together, right? So it's like, why don't you try this? I had um, one couple come and share that they had a sex schedule, right? It was like sex was something that was sort of falling off in their relationship and their counselor had recommended they make a sex schedule. Wonderful, right? Wonderful strategy. As a coach, the model that drives my work is recognizing that any action you take is a result of your mindset, is a result of your identity, is a result of how you are feeling. So before I offer strategies of what you can do or you might want to try, we're going to dive into how do you see yourself in this area? How do you think about this aspect of your marriage? What are your feelings when we talk about this issue? Because that is all the dust underneath the action or the lack of action. And so when I began to work with this couple on this topic, I really spent a lot of time helping the wife really understand how she viewed sex right? It wasn't about keeping a sex schedule. It was about what are the messages you received? How have you internalized those messages? What are your feelings? What are your thoughts? How do you see yourself as a sexual being, right? And many of the messages she got was that sex was for the husband. It had nothing to do with her pleasure or her desire. It was just like her wifely duty. And so, that's not the place that you want to be creating long-term change that you want to make, right? You always want to find your own internal motivation. And so the strategies are amazing and wonderful and necessary. But before I coach my clients on strategies, we really dive into the mindset and their identity. 
And coaching is about changing your identity, changing who you are, how you see yourself, what you think about certain things in your marriage so that doing the actions that you want to do is literally second nature because it's who you are, right? It's no longer an uphill battle. You're just a person who operates this way. Another thing that I often hear is that in the therapy counseling space, a lot of the conversations, and you will see this reflected in books as well, is about how do we meet each other's needs? What do you need and how can I meet your need? And I want to say that yes, in a marriage, you want to be responsive to each other's needs. You don't want your partner to come to you with a deep desire and you just dismiss it. But as a coach, I am anchored in personal responsibility, which means I want to empower you to always know how to get your needs met while also being responsive to your partner's needs instead of responsible for them, right? There's a whole podcast episode on responsiveness versus responsibility when it comes to this topic. And so we take your needs, we look at your needs, and we understand why you have those needs. Sometimes we have things that we want in a relationship that we've never questioned. It's just an expectation that we've inherited, that we've internalized, that may not even be the right expectation for us, for the relationship that we're in, right? Previous podcast, I think it was just a couple of weeks ago, actually, about expectations, right? So definitely take a listen to that one as well. And so when you are not focused on expressing your needs so that your partner can understand them, so that your partner can meet them, you have a lot more time learning how to be with yourself learning how to meet your own needs, learning how to grow and evolve and not be so codependent, right? In a marriage, you want to be interdependent where it's like, yes, life is better with you. We add value to each other's lives, but you don't complete me. I'm not less of a person if you're not meeting my needs, okay? Within this, right, this is like a sub bullet of the meeting our needs, right? A lot of the advice you will get, whether that's, you know, in therapy or in reading books is you're encouraged to do things to please your partner. Hey, I'm all for that. (laughs) I love it. Yes. If I could just get my husband to do all the things that please me, for sure, I would be on cloud nine, right? And what I find, though, is that in marriage, especially when there's one person who's a little bit more vocal about things that are going wrong or what they'd like to be different, is that their partner will meet those needs, but only because it's what will make their spouse happy, only because they don't want their spouse to get upset. And so whenever you are in this sort of pleasing your partner, people-pleasing, partner-pleasing mentality, you're not doing things that really represent the authentic you. You're doing it because they've, you know, demanded it or they've complained about it. And that never creates sustainable change. So whenever I have a client that's telling me I want to do this because it would make them happy, I always bring them back to, is it 
representative of who you want to be and the kind of partner you want to be. Because if it is, then you'll sustain it and you'll do it because you want to do it, not out of obligation or because you're trying to placate your partner, right? And I want you, right? Like for as much as we would like our partners to do things that please us, even when I ask this of myself, I don't want my spouse to do something just because it would make me happy if it's not what they want to do. I want them to be bought into it, right? It just creates a better experience for everyone. What I also find is just an interesting distinction between traditional therapy and counseling versus how I run my coaching practice is when you're in couples therapy, typically you're meeting together as a couple all of the time, right? Like your sessions are together. You come together. There's so much value in that. When I meet with my couples, I have sessions where you meet together, but also many more sessions where you are meeting with me as an individual. And the reason I do this is because it's very important to me that when we come together, all three of us, it is extremely productive. It's going to add a level of value that would not be able to be created if we were meeting separately. And sometimes what I hear when clients come to me and they've had a rough time always meeting as a couple is someone eventually feels blamed, eventually feels like the provider is on their partner's side and is biased. And sometimes people come to those conversations afraid of being truly vulnerable because they don't want their partner to hear their real, honest, true thoughts. So they water things down, they sort of sugarcoat, they tiptoe around issues. And so when I meet with my couples individually, like I meet with the wife, I meet with the husband, what we do is we focus on one, your personal responsibility. Like we don't actually spend a lot of time talking about what your partner needs to be doing, what they're doing wrong, how wrong they are. We spend the majority of our time looking at you and what you're thinking, how you're feeling, how you're contributing to the issue. So it's really anchored in personal responsibility, which is something you do personally and individually, because each of you have a role to play in whatever dynamics in your relationship that aren't working, right? Both of you are contributing to that. And so we focus on your side of the street. The other thing that this offers is that we get to the deep truths. You don't ever have to water it down for me. There's Your partner is not listening. They're not taking in all of the thoughts you might have about them. So you really get to be as vulnerable and as raw and as honest as you genuinely are, right? I've had clients come to me and just tell me how afraid they are that their marriage isn't going to last. They have like a paralyzing fear. That's not always something that you'd be comfortable sharing with your partner there. So we can really get to like the deep, deep, deep root issues of what is going on because you can be a hundred percent yourself and get to those deep, deep truths. Back to this idea of the unit of change and what is actually being recommended in terms of therapy and counseling versus coaching is what I find 
with therapy is it changes the things you do in your marriage, right? It changes maybe how you talk together, how you spend your time together. It changes sort of very tangible things. And the marriage looks like a different marriage, right? You're operating differently. With coaching, we do that as well. And we also change who you are in the marriage, right? Again, when I think about this event that I'm doing, again, will have already been done by the time you listen to this podcast. But when I think about the Better Together Couples event, it is literally about transforming the marriage from the inside out, not the outside in. So we look at who are you being in your marriage and we change that. And the marriage itself tangibly gets better. When you change who you are, when you change the way you're thinking, when you change the way you're showing up, the dynamic, the interactions, what your marriage actually looks like changes automatically. All right. I told you these were in no particular order. I feel like I'm just like on a soapbox and I'll just keep going, right? I'll just keep going. So I've heard both therapists and have read that when we look at the unit of change, right? It's about improving the couple itself, that you are interdependent, you are operating as a unit, and the focus is on changing the dynamics with the couple. One of the sort of, I would say this is almost like an unintentional benefit of coaching is that your internal transformation as an individual also leads to changes in other relationships. And my clients always become better parents if they have children. They improve the relationship they have with their own parents or in-laws or other family members or other friends. And it's not something that is intentionally surfaced, but because my role as the coach is to just draw the threads between the individual, how they're thinking, how they're triggered, how they respond to certain situations, it's very easy for them to see, oh, this isn't only happening in my marriage, this is happening in all of my relationships, right? One of the amazing things that I find super valuable with therapy is there is a lot of time spent understanding and healing the past. This is so essential because you can't move forward until you're healed, right? So if I have clients who are struggling with a major trauma in their life, and usually what presents to me is infidelity, right? If it's an infidelity that has happened recently, they're in trauma. And so a lot of the work needs to be around understanding that pain, healing that pain, right? And really doing all the self-care work so that you're not aching, right? You're not aching. And with coaching, it is perfect for the moments when you are really just ready to move forward, where not only do you want to understand and heal the pain, which is so essential, but then you want to create a different experience of it. So I call that re-narrating the past, where you can go back to a past experience in your marriage 
and decide how you want to think about that. Decide how you want to position it. Decide how you want to think about it moving forward, right? In coaching, we really rely on this idea that thoughts you have are optional. Just because something bad happened in your marriage, and I say bad in quotes, doesn't mean that you have to think about it badly for the rest of your life. I've had clients who the infidelity was the wake-up call they needed to lean into loving each other better. And so with coaching, you get to understand and heal from experiences like that, but also recreate the story of it that you could get to a point where you're, you know, almost grateful that you had this experience. If this is what it took to build a better relationship, then an infidelity or a major issue in a marriage doesn't have to be the end of the line. Another thing, and this is just like a logistical one, is my experience and many others in therapy is you just schedule your sessions as you need them, right? Like it's very convenient where it's like, all right, yeah, let's schedule our next session. And when you think you need them, you can call your provider and just schedule a session, right? And with coaching, you commit to a process. And what I find is that Sometimes we, clients, don't know when we need the help, right? And with marriage, because it is such a roller coaster, you could be in a really good place in your marriage and everything could feel fine and you can think, we don't need to meet this week. Everything's great. But it can just take one wrong comment, one wrong reaction And it sends you spiraling back like three months, six months, a year back into the past. And so with coaching, because you're committing to, at least when you work with me, a six-month process where we're in this for six months. And even if we're having a good week, we're going to look at what could possibly get in the way. What are the things that we still need to clean up, right? It's like, you know, if you're having people over, you might do the cosmetic cleanup, But if you know that every week you're cleaning up, you do a deeper clean, right? It's not just when people are coming over. It's not just when you have issues. You're always looking at the marriage from lots of different angles, from lots of different circumstances, and cleaning up any and all things that might get in the way of you having the relationship that you want. I find that this is also just really helpful and helping people know what to do. Like the the responsibility is not on you to decide when you need a session and when you don't. It's just laid out for you. You just walk the path and get the results. Another logistical piece is a lot of times when people are looking for a therapist or looking for counselors, they go to like their insurance network, right? Like, of course, if this is covered in my insurance, I want to access those benefits that I'm entitled to. And so the selection of their providers based on who's in network, which is also dependent on who's in your state and also dependent on who has availability, right? So there's a lot of wonderful things of being able to tap into the benefit of insurance to select a provider that can help you. And For some people, it's also very constraining, 
right? Where they would much prefer to be able to select the provider that's really the right fit for them. Maybe their friend is in another state and had someone that was amazing and they want to use that same person, right? With coaching, you can do that. You can hire the coach that you want no matter where they're located because you're not bound by insurance, right? And so it's one of those things that I often think about, like if I ever needed a specialist for something really, really serious and really, really important, I wouldn't care about the insurance. I think about even before my husband and I got married, I had to have a surgery and I was like, I just want who's the best. Tell me who's the best. That's the person I'm going to. And I want you to just step into like, what if that was available for you when it comes to your marriage? What if all you were doing was just selecting the best person for you outside of your network, right? The most recent therapist that I saw was outside of my network. I just picked her because she was really well able to help me in the exact area that I needed help. And I needed therapy coupled with coaching, right? Because I was engaged in coaching. As a coach, I'm always engaged in coaching. It's the best thing ever to me. (laughs) I will always have a coach, right? But I wanted to layer on therapy, which is also something that I just want to share with you, that this never has to be an either or. It can 100% be a both and. And I think when you're really clear about the differences between coaching and therapy, you can go to each getting the help that you need from that particular angle, right? So yes, if you are really emotionally distraught or really sad or really down, therapy is so good for that, right? And then on the days that you want to pick yourself up and change your brain change your identity, change how you're experiencing a situation, then coaching is amazing for that, right? It does not have to be an either or. And then the last thing I want to just offer, and this was something that literally a set of clients mentioned to me that sometimes when you leave therapy, again, depending on the therapist, there's not really clear direction of what you're supposed to do between now and the next time you meet, right? It's not something that I even know that therapists are trained to do, right? As a coach, we are. We're always coaching you to the next step. In our minds, we have your whole plan mapped out. So there's always work that can be done even in between sessions. There's always a mini homework assignment. There's always something for you to be thinking about. There's always something for you to be applying. And so some of my clients have commented like, oh, it's so nice to know what I'm supposed to be working on in between sessions, because when I was in therapy, I didn't have that. Nothing wrong with not having it. But if you're the type of person who always wants to be making forward progress, always know what your next step is, then with the right coach, you'll be provided that as well. Okay. So again, this has just been a conversation. I'm offering you the thoughts in my head. You get to decide your own thoughts in your head right? But because I get asked this question so often, I thought I would just share where I am today. Five years from now, I might have a whole different list, (laughs) right? One is not better than the other, although I am biased towards coaching, right? I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't, right? 
And so of course, I'm going to share with you what I see as the benefits of coaching because this is the profession I have dug my heels into, right? I could have chosen a lot of different things. This is the thing that I believe in. This is the thing that has really helped me tremendously. And there's room for it all. There's enough people in the world that need help. And if you find that the help you've been getting or the help that you've been seeking isn't getting you all the way to where you want to go, I just wanted to offer you another alternative. And if you're in coaching now, you might also want to consider therapy too, right? So I trust that you will take away from this conversation what you need to take away. The point that was shared that resonates most for you, that's most valuable for you, that's going to be most helpful for you moving yourself forward in the direction that you want to go. So thank you for listening. I am going to talk with you next week, and I cannot wait to give you the full update of all that happened at the Better Together Couples event. All right, bye for now. I will talk with you next week. Now, if you loved this episode, you will want to download a free resource I created called 13 Beliefs to Hold On To When Marriage Gets Tough. Download it at bit.ly forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash 13 marriage beliefs. And of course, I will be back with you next week. Until then, commit to loving your marriage again.